we're bringing us light skinned fellas back. Come on, baby. Come on, man. He don't really, hey, he don't really, he don't really count because he's African, so it don't count. No, no, no. It's international. Red is international. Tell me, what we got? Who is it? You, Drake. Oh, Omari. Omari. You. Omari's not light skinned. me. don't do that. Barack, Barack. They, they, listen. Y'all got him. I don't know if Omari really light skinned like that. Omari, he act red. <laughs> okay, okay, touche, touche. He do, he act light skinned for, for sure. Yeah, 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 we coming back, baby. Yes, sir. Chan, Dre had some of them uh, sweaty Omari sex scenes on Power 2, though. Oh, no, 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 I know. Oh, no, man, I know my like, yeah, 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 yeah. You got some questions? Like, kill this fucking, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm a fan, bro, All I ain't gonna lie, bro, I'm a fan, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold up, Limitless, they can send me a pin in it. I father here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, got me up. Uh, on the mission, got me up. Knowing uh, me, I got the key. Uh, on the vision, I can trust. Uh, trust. Uh, limitless. Niggas send me cow pinning it. I father here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, got me up. Uh, on the mission, got me up. Uh, Rotimi, right? It's not Rotimi, because you know I'm from New Orleans. Yeah. You know, we'll, we'll say Rotimi yeah, in, yeah. in a second. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Chan, uh, Freaky Freddy, Freddy Flowers. Fred, you got more names than anybody in the world. It's R&B Freddy today. Oh! I brought this for you, bro. I like that. But if you would have came like Dre, I would have put on my Death Row shirt. So I can level that hey, shit so, out quick. Fred, you look good. Fred look good. Yeah, Fred look good. I'm, I'm half light skinned, right? You're not. You're not. You don't, you don't give him all, you know what I'm no, saying? No, let look. Yes. And he's also tough. So that keeps him completely out of the conversation we were having earlier about light skins. Nickname is Fragile. <laughs> Whoa. I, 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 wow. That's my asshole cousin. That was, <laughs> that was very personal. Hey, guys, I don't know where this is going to go today. Yeah. We've been sitting out here for like 15 minutes already, so, you know, the juices are flowing. Uh, we're excited to have Rotimi as a guest. Um, if you're out there, man, and you, you're not subscribed, please subscribe on YouTube, Apple, Spotify. And I think it's very much like Fred says all the time, man, anybody can podcast, but not everybody can pivot. And we do a show. This is not a podcast. And uh, we've been trying to get this together, man. Shoot. Sure. I don't know. We've been Three back months? And, yeah. Damn, bro. Right, we've been back and forth on it a lot. And, you know, so I've been able to really dive into, like, what got you here. And I always find it um, interesting when you talk to someone who's like, you know, the, the child of an immigrant, yeah. you know, and, and, and the, the level of excellence they set for their children. What was that like for you growing up, knowing you had that certain level of expectation? Well, for me, you know, I was the only child, you know, so being uh, parents of first Nigerians, uh, it's, it's hard because Excellence is expected yeah. at every, every, every turn. So my dad will always be like, you got one shot to make an impression. So make it count. So if you want to be a soccer player, make sure you, you're scoring the goal or you're the fastest or this. You want to watch dishes, make sure you do this. So having that mindset translated to what I do now. Like, I don't know, I, I treat everything as I only have one shot. And, it, and, it, and it's formed my lifestyle. It's funny that you say that because to get where you are, you know, international superstars, going on tours and all that, and we as athletes, I've, you know, we've had athletes in the past, is greatness, and I'm giving you your flowers. 100%. Like for your shirt. Thank you. Do you think it was, like, were you born with that? 
or was that created? I think it's a mixture of both, man. You know, like having parents that guide that greatness is important. Because if they don't guide it, then it's just somebody with potential. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It never shows out. But my mom knew that greatness was in me, man, when, um, when she was pregnant. She had, she had a dream when she was seven months pregnant and Bob Marley came to her and said, your son is gonna finish my legacy. So that changed the mindset of a woman who's, you have to be, as a Nigerian, you gotta be a doctor, a lawyer, a, a dentist, you know what I mean? Yeah. So that changed the mindset of like, oh, I have something really special. And having a woman like who's a spiritual warrior, you know, a prayer warrior, since I was born, it was like, okay, let's, let's, if this is who you are, let's follow it. And so I've always had that. So I knew I was, but they also knew, and that was just equally as important. When? When did you know? I was a wedding singer at four years old, bro. So I was traveling the tri-state area from <laughs> Philly, Connecticut, New York, Jersey, and I was singing at Nigerian weddings. So my mom, there's a picture too. The picture on my actual album is one of the times I was singing at six years old. And so I knew that people were throwing money, and people were just like, wow, this kid has a voice of an angel. So it started becoming like, oh, I'm, I'm kind of nice at that age. Right. And so I really knew that I was special then. You mentioned your dad, you know, Nigerian culture. But what stood out to me, you mentioned your mom, right? And you said at seven months old, she had a, a dream. Bob Marley came to her. Does that seven month, her telling you that story that she was seven months, did that have any influence on you naming your son seven? Oh, wow. Mm. Wow. Then you just brought it to that, but no, that's 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 actually kind of crazy. But no, um, <laughs> now nah, my son being named Seven came from completion, you know, from the yeah. Bible, you know. So yeah, fulfillment. So for me, it was, you know, having my fiance, having my son. You know, I felt like I was finally complete in who I am and who I'm supposed to be, and anything else is extra, you know. So, and that's the, that's the most used number in the Bible. So it just felt like he would forever be spiritually, you know, guided. Yeah, it's crazy. A couple weeks ago, I, I posted something on Instagram, and uh, I said, um, progress, process, and success. The crazy thing is all, all three of those words have seven letters. Mm. And uh, it, it's just crazy. Like you said, I, I, I play with numbers in my head, which a lot of times don't make no fucking sense. <laughs> but I do pay attention to them, because I'm just in depth like that. I see like 11, 11, 4, 4, 4, right. 2, 2, you know what I mean? So I think there's power in that. You know, we talked about being first generation American um, in a Nigerian family, but you have achieved, right? You have reached a certain level of success and you've been able to show your talent in different medias and different mediums. But, you know, it's, it's so crazy if somebody follows you, they see your little man everywhere, yeah. right? And, and they see that, that, that family life being important to you. And so for you, how has fatherhood changed you? Ooh, I think as a father, you learn so much about yourself. You know, you learn so much about how much patience do you really have? How kind are you really? You know, how much of a man are you? If something happens, how would you react? You know, you learn so much about yourself, but then you're also dependent on the life. Like, it made me, it made me fall in love with being a provider. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel so, it's, it's, if somebody asks you, what's your passion right now? It's like, providing. You know what I mean? It made me fall in love with that. And just seeing that is, I've always been laser focused, but now it's like nobody can f me, you know, and how I feel. And that's, and that's you know, due to being a father. And the funny thing, bro, your queen, because, you know, we do the research before. Love, love, yeah. And your queen, your lady, and your baby and your family. But both of you and your wife both said, like, y'all knew. 
Your wife said the first date she knew. Yeah. I would guess you were the virgin when y'all met. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Not at all. Yeah, yeah. yeah you also, but you also got to know, he he really a true player because he was with a chick the night he met his old lady. Oh yeah. And slid you slid over. And... <laughs> no 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 no. <laughs> Let me get this story. I ain't heard this one. I did, I ain't do my research right. What happened? All right, so you know. Um, I was a single guy at the time. You know, you have them situations where you're gonna be somewhere for a weekend. You want a, you know, a companion. So I had somebody fly out, you know, and there's a vibe, but everything was smooth and then she just got sick. So she was like, ah, babe, I don't wanna go to this next party. I was like, well, you don't gotta come because I'll be there for 15 minutes. I'll just meet you at the next one. Bruh, in that 15 minutes, bro, we went to this little private Spotify party, it's Essence Fest, and I just saw somebody sitting there and we were just introduced. I wasn't trying to holler. It wasn't like a ooh, ooh, ooh. It was a, hey, this is V, this is Rhoda. And we just started talking for like two hours, bro. <laughs> Straight up talking for two hours. I'm looking like, oh, shit, I got a, I got a whole situation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just freaking out. Like, so, so, <laughs> so, so then she hit me that night and, um, and this is probably one of the illest things I did. I was, she was like, so can we hang out tomorrow? I said, look, I'm here with somebody that wasn't planned. Let me deal with this first, and then let's figure out what we're going to do. You know what I mean? But let me, I don't want to put you in a situation where y'all both are the same thing. You know what I mean? So I didn't know that that was going to really help me throughout my relationship of just being honest. You know what I'm saying? But it was, it was one of the dopest 15-minute gap that I ever, ever <laughs> had. 15 minutes to two hours, though. Goodness. And you, and you knew. I knew, I knew it was different. Like, she knew, she said she knew from jump, but I knew, like, whoa, this is captivating. I didn't know what it was going to be. I didn't know if it was going to be like, damn, I got a baddie in Tanzania that's going to keep, you know, I didn't know what it was, but I knew that she was so different. And I didn't know if I was ready for real. You know, that was part of it too. So once I realized that, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm ready. I don't really need nothing. It was that. So that was Oluro Timi and not Dre. Yeah. Because yeah, Dre would have yeah, ran yeah. off. He would have been happy. <laughs> you, you, you sit there right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You get to a certain point and, and people only see you as a certain thing, right? Like, I didn't, I didn't know about the music career until you got on power. And, you know, we had O on the show, and he, we kind of talked about how that show captivated a community. It captivated an entire culture. And I think back to uh, Lowdown Dirty Shame, and I don't know if y'all remember, in, in the movie, Jada Pinkett kept getting mad at the dude off the soap opera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But, was it like that for y'all? Like when people see you in public, we're like, man, Drake, hey, you gotta stop acting like that. Yes, bro. <laughs> like, so for me, man, like the first two or three seasons was a lot of that because people didn't know me for anything but that. So they'd be like, yo, that's Drake from Power. That's Drake. So it took me a second to get used to one being called another man's name for real. And then two, girls being like, so you see something nice, and you'd be like, Oh, you cute, but I want you to die, though. And then I'm like... <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, right. Oh, this shit got to stop, you know? Like, you know? And so for a while, it took a second to adjust, but then you ultimately know it's a compliment. You know what I mean? You know you're captivating. You know that you're, you're in somebody's TV screen every week, and, you, and you're making a difference in their life, you know? So it took me a while, and it took me a conversation with Tyrese and Jamie, where it was like, yo, how do y'all deal with... Baby boy, and how you deal with Jane Fox show, and, and they both were telling me that, you know, just ride the wave. Like it's a compliment. Stop looking at it as negative. Know that you're affecting people's life, but use this as a vessel for what you really want to do. So when that happened, it was like, all right, 
let me embrace it. So it became that, and then I knew things were changing when it was like, oh, that's Ro Timmy. Oh, that's Ro. Oh, that, and didn't he play? It became a, isn't that him from? So it became a change, but at first, bro, I, I, I couldn't stand it, though. So you ever have to, like, get that pressure off you? Because we play ball, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. right? And, yeah. and you got guys in jail yeah. losing commissary. Yeah. And when they come home, they're like, man, you played my Dolphins, you did such yeah, and yeah. such. <laughs> well, I wanted to jam your ass up. Yeah. <laughs> you ever got any pressure? Like, Dre, boy, you, you know, you one of them street dudes, but I, you know what I'm saying? So it's crazy, right? The people that you think would do it didn't do it because they loved the character so yeah. much. So it's like, man, they'll say what they say, but they were like, damn, I love you, though, bro. You killing that, you know what I'm saying? And so for me, I, I knew a lot of Dre's growing up, you know what I mean? Like, you know, being where I'm from, like, it's a nice town, but we were surrounded by the hood. It was Newark, Irvington, East Orange, Orange, all around where I was from. So I saw a lot of Dre's, you know what I mean? But it was always love, but it was always like, Damn, we gonna keep talking about this, you know? And, but then again, if they stop talking about it, you're not doing your job. So it was like a give and take. And, and that too, it was funny, I wanna ask you because you really not a hood dude. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah you yeah. ain't so dope and all. Yeah. But I've personally seen you kill people. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like, right, right. Yeah, like, right, I'm right, like, right. damn. So when you yeah. walked in, I was like, I you really thought like, this nigga <laughs> killed somebody. But like, how, like as yeah. an act, like the acting, how do you like? What's that switch? Like, like you said, you were around Dre. Oh yeah, bro. For me, bro, like growing up and seeing. So let me paint the picture. So it's Maplewood, South Orange, and then there's Irvington, Newark. So we had Bloods, Crips, Haitian Posse, MS13, all that around. So they all went to our school because they would take the grandma's address, move to the city, you know. And so we were around that. So. One, growing up in that environment, I was never worried about it. You know, it becomes your normal, you know? But like, it was knowing that I can hold my own, but also knowing that like, I know how to be cool about it, you know? And so for me, seeing that and taking the best pieces out of everything I saw, like one of my good friends, I was like, oh, I like the way, he's a shady dude, but I like the way he moves his eyes. I remember, I remember that. Yeah. I was like, okay, damn, I'll use that. Then the way my man's walked in command of the room, oh, I'm gonna take that. And so. It took, I took a lot of what I grew up and saw into putting it to Dre. You know, it's, it's, it's a departure, like you said, being, uh, you know, the son of Nigerian immigrants. It's a departure to play the role that you played. And it really shows, like, the range of talent that you have. What is truly your passion? Because you make great songs, uh, you're excellent on TV, you're excellent on screen, like so much so that people forgot you were Rotimi and thought you were Dre. But what is your true passion? Like you said, I want to do one thing the rest of my life, it'll be this. Music, man. You know, there's nothing like being in front of people, and I just experienced it on tour, you know? It's so like people that don't even speak the language, but they know your song word for word. Like we were in Germany and people didn't know how to even how to say, they didn't know how to speak English to say hi to me. They were just like this. But when that song came on there, there's a meeting in my, and it's like, wow, this is an ex experience, man. And so, one, because these are your lyrics. Two, performing in front of people and touching the people. You could watch your favorite movie 15 times, and that's pushing it in your life. But you can listen to your favorite song 150 to 1,000 times. You know what I'm saying? So it's a different connection with people. but. And also because I've been doing that my whole life. Like acting was out of desperation. You know, it wasn't something that 
I wanted to do. What it do you was, mean, desperation? So I went to college. I gra graduated from Northwestern University in, um, in Chicago. And I was a struggling artist. You know, it was me and my manager living together. And we didn't have no money. So he was like, dude. And I had shot like three music videos. And we had won every competition in my school, but nothing acting-wise. And so he was like, yo, you look comfortable in front of a camera. Like, go get a commercial or something, bro. Like, go see what, you know, try it. We need some bread. Go, let's go see. So no agency took me in because I had no resume. So they were like, if you want to do print modeling, if you want to do this, I was too short to do runway. So it was like the options was limited. So this is how God plays a part, man. So basically running out of bread, and the only agency that took me in was a woman whose son was a freshman at Northwestern. So she was like, let me look out for alumni. And she took me in, and she was like, yo, there's a, there's a, a role that's coming to, uh, to us uh, in three days. You're not going to get the job. The, the role is already taken. Don't think it's, I just want you to get used to auditioning. I said, all right, cool. Three days passed. I'm learning the lines. At this point in time, I didn't know my, my, I had a photographic memory. I didn't know that I had that. So I'm learning the lines. I'm like, cool, I got it, whatever. Again, I don't have any pressure on me because I'm not really trying to act. You get what I'm saying? So I go in, and <laughs> this is how far off it was. I had like those little rubber bands. You know those little rubber bands you put your website on? Yeah. So I had rotimimusic.com. So I'm passing it out to the casting director, like, yeah, here you go, take that. Yeah, so, yeah, you know what I mean? And I was passing them out, and they all laughed, and I was like, okay, this is cool. So she was like, you know, your Dawn's, uh, your, 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 um, your Dawn's client, come, just, you know, just check, just do what you need to do. So I did it. So when I did this, the scene, they all looked like, whoa. They're like, okay. And then also Gus Van Sant was sitting there. He's a humongous director, and I didn't know who he was. So, Kita, can you do it again? I said, yeah, yeah, I'll do it. Can you try it this way? I did. So I didn't know I played the, the, the audition eight different ways. Right. So then it was chatter like, okay, we'll call you back. So I was like, all right, whatever, I ain't, I ain't get it. So two days, two days three days later, they called and said, you got the job. So that's how I got into acting on a TV show called Boss with Kelsey Grammer. So that's me booking my first you know, audition, not really having any plans to. So that's where... I was like, oh, I could actually do this. I'm actually kind of nice. So it was actually desperation. It wasn't like, oh, I studied this, I studied this. I haven't taken an acting class in my life. All that you do, what's, what's, what's more difficult? Acting, the rapping, the singing. Like, you can do so much stuff. Yeah. Like, but to break into that yeah. Yeah. field, yeah. what's the most difficult? Ah, man, I think acting is the most difficult because... Um, you mean to break into the field or like... Just to be Dre. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Like, be Dre or, or come out with a meeting in my bed. Like, nigga, we know what you do. Like, like, what, 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 like, like, to get into that, yeah. like, where, where was the most frustration? Like, what was the, what, what, what's the toughest thing that you've been through? Uh, uh, I think, okay, so that's two parts, right? Like, I think creating the music for me is the easiest. Um, I think learning lines is, 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 is easy, but adding emotions to something you ain't really create is hard. You know what I mean? And make people believe it. That's, that's hard. But being Rotimi the artist, that's just me being myself. So there's no pressure with that. The pressure is just making sure you market it the right way. The pressure in here is, okay, deliver your lines. Make sure you don't mess up your lines. Make sure you, you go, you, you trying to, I'm competitive, so I, I'm trying to kill my scene partner. You know what I'm saying? So like, it's so many things that go into it. Make sure the camera, this and this. So it's so much that goes into acting. That's why I respect it so much because a lot of people really can't do it at a high level, and it's, it's really dope to see that. 
but you could you could nursery rhyme and be have a hit record. Yeah, I mean, as long as it's catchy. Like, as long as it's catchy. Yeah. So it's a difference between, you know, I think what's hard. Yeah, shoot, I was definitely singing Kiss Me Through the Phone. Yeah, it's a so great song. It, it, was, <laughs> hey, it was very simple, and I learned the lines, and I was ready to roll. You know, you mentioned getting opportunities to travel and how music travels. Obviously, being from Nigeria and having opportunities to go back there, I've heard you talk about the difference between being wealthy and, and being rich. And also, you said, you know, when you just get there, you, you breathe the air and the air feels in a way cleaner, fresher, more for you. What was that experience like for you? And why did you say you recommend that all of us get an opportunity to go back? Well, I feel like there's so much strength in Africa that is the misconception is, is not what it is. And I feel like when you do have wealth in Africa, whatever country it is, you live a certain way that's just beautiful. And one, you appreciate life. Uh, it's all of us, so you're not, you're not being looked at as a black man, you know? That, that eliminates a lot of issues, you know what I mean? So, and just being able to feel love, you know, and, and not in a situation where everything is so judgmental. America is very judgmental, everything is, you know, facade. It, back home is not that. It's more of just do your job, get your money, take care of your family, provide, do it all over again. Enjoy your life, but you're not worried about the next man. Here is too many, too many loopholes you got to jump through, and you don't really enjoy as much as you should. You know, that's why when I said that, I said you breathe in problems in America because half the time you're, in, you're anxious, you have anxiety, you're nervous, you're scared, you this, you that. So back home, I felt like when I got there, it was like, oh, wow, I feel good, man. Let me just go do my job and enjoy this, and let me go to the beach, and, and it's just beautiful. So I think it's a huge difference. Yeah. You said it feels like you're at home. Yeah. Now, I visited South Africa some years ago, and um, I experienced, I think it was not so many years removed from the apartheid, right? And I experienced, um, a local black person uh, going through a race, a racist moment, yeah. you know, and I know it was fresh off of that. We had visited the museum, all that different stuff, but it's not so much like that in East Africa. I mean, West Africa, I'm sorry. I, I also visited, uh, what is it, Dakar? Yeah, Dakar. Right, yeah, Dakar, yeah. and the same thing. You know, it felt like home. It didn't feel like South Africa per se, but when I was in college, I took a, a, a African class, Yoruba. Yoruba? Ah, uh, yes, that's my right. language. Yeah, Your yeah. language. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I dropped that shit in three weeks. <laughs> it's hard. What bro. you got, Freddie? What you got? You got you got two words. Listen, Timmy or Johnny. Hey. I used to know some words. That was my professor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was an 8 a.m. class, man, early as shit off of weight training. Yeah. I'm like, I gotta do something. I'm gonna drop this <laughs> and I'm gonna take my ass to sleep yeah, every yeah, day. Yeah, yeah, smart. But, uh, that shit was it was it was beautiful though. Yeah. I wish I had stuck with it. Do you speak it fluently? So again, that's it. My, man, my life is so crazy, bro. So my parents are um, from two warring tribes. So my mom is Igbo and my dad is Yoruba. And so to put it in perspective, a Yoruba man being with an Igbo woman is like a black, a black man being with a white woman in 1920. Mm -hmm. You get what I'm saying? So like, it's like, it's kind of forbidden, you know? It's like the coloreds and the Afrikaans, yeah, that sort of it's situation. Kinda, yeah, it's kind of like that, and, and it's, a, it's a hierarchy type of thing, too. Like, Yorubas usually are known to be flashy and this and that, and Igbo are usually known to be villagers. So my parents' families 
weren't approving of it. You know, they're like the African Romeo and Juliet. So the families was like, you know, we're not rocking. This family not rocking. So they had each other. And my mom was even, you know, thinking of, you know, aborting me at the time because wow. how bad it was, you know. And so when it came down to it, they were like, nah, just learn English. You don't need to do this. We don't want you to be a part of any of these things. So they always kind of kept that separate from me. When did you know that dynamic in your life? Because that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I knew that dynamic, bro, when, when I knew I had a lot of cousins, but nobody would come around. You know what I mean? Or like, I knew that I had a lot of aunties, but nobody would, you know, call in and say happy birthday. So I, it, was, it was a deeper fight than me, you know? And even now, to this day, you know, there's a lot of cousins that I'll meet for the first time, like, damn, like, oh, what's your name? And that kind of thing. So it was, it was bad, but, you know, God is merciful, man. Like, everything is starting to happen now. Everybody's starting to, you know, get past all that. But it's, um, it's a beautiful thing knowing that we're family again. And does, does your fame, does what you, what you have done, did that bring some stuff together? Uh, yeah, yeah, it did, but yeah, man, you know, I get deep, but like, it's, when I was in, when I was in high school and I was always, I was always popular. I was always doing something that you read in newspaper, whether it's playing ball, whether it was singing, whether it was whatever. And so I also felt like that bred a lot of jealousy as well, because we were the ones that the family didn't want. You know, so my dad is an investment banker. My mom is working public health. Their son is only child star this. So it brought, bred a lot of anger, I felt like. But then as time went on, it, you know, a lot of the pain subsided. You know, we talk a lot about our community staying together. You know, and you, you mentioned your parents and kind of the tradition of the two tribes not getting along. Um, the, the one very American thing you said is, when we get famous, all of us have a ton of cousins. Like, that's not, that is actually, yeah, that yeah. is actually not a Nigerian thing. That's very African-American, you know what I'm saying? Like, don't get me wrong. Hey, you get a little money, you get cousins that pop out of, pop out of everywhere. What have you used, though? And, and, you know, like, I've been in conversations and women are talking about Nigerian men, and like, oh, they're so arrogant. Like, they, 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 they truly think they're kings. I'm like, hell, I'm a king, too. You know what I'm saying? And so have you ever had to kind of battle the perceptions of, of what it means to be Nigerian here, right? Because we just make up crap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes. Have you ever had to battle that in looking for jobs or trying to work? Um, nah, because for me, if you don't know that I'm African, when I was growing up, you, didn't, you wouldn't know, you know? But I've had friends who are like, ah, look at the African booty scratcher, like, them type of joke, you know what I'm saying? So I've seen it. <laughs> like, I'm really African. What, that? What, what movie, what movie? <laughs> Bro, it was a movie that started that. Don't say booty no. around him. What's that, Boys in the Hood started that? Yeah. The African booty scratcher. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Boys, in the, Boys in the Hood started that, man. I, I laughed back in the day. <laughs> I, I, prog I, I progress, bro. I progress. That's funny. <laughs> but, but now, you know, um, yeah, the, the, the arrogance thing you hear a lot. You hear a lot about um, conceited. You hear a lot about scammer. You know, you hear a lot of the funny things. But um, nah, that never really fazed me. That never touched me because, again, my dad is flashy. My dad is, he, he's styled up, you know, but my mom is a quiet you know, super communicative person. So I had a, a, a mixture of both of them. So I never was completely one way or completely the other way. 
Say, bro, as long as we got DraftKings as a partner, I can keep giving them this good TV content. No. Yes, sir. The bets changed a little bit, though, Chan, because you've been telling everybody, $5 for you, a free 200 200 But now right. you got you to you win now. No, you got to win, but it's got to be $5 on any football wager, and you win, and you get a free 200 But okay. we got some boys that's really balling right now. Who you liking? Bro, I'm riding with my home team. Miami's defense gonna be top five. They offense gonna come around. I'm telling you, watch them boys in Miami. Freddie T, are you gonna be a homer too? I gotta be, man. You know, I, I'm Duval County. Jacksonville will have the upset game of the week. Los and Angeles? LA. Freddie. Newly revamped LA. Freddie. Take it, take it, take it. <laughs> I'm not telling you to take it. But you gonna I'm take it. <laughs> uh, hey guys, get your devices out right now. Download on your phone or any device you have. DraftKings Sports Book app. They're an official betting partner of the NFL. These two dudes could be Homer, but y'all y'all know where it's at. Yeah. Pittsburgh. Hey man, I got insufficient funds on my Wells Fargo. <laughs> <laughs> When you meet your girl, when you met, you know, Vanessa, and you realized she could understand you, right? Like, like she, there were things about your roots that she could understand and she could relate to that maybe just any black woman you met here couldn't. Did that play a role in the, the way you guys were able to get so close so quickly? Ooh, yeah, man. You know, when you have an African woman, you're getting a woman with culture, you know, an understanding of how to treat a man and how to... Um, be submissive, but also be the strength in the family. You know, also be beautiful, but also know how to be tough. Also, so it was just a, a balance that you really, it's hard to find, you know, and not saying you don't find it in African-American women, but like a lot, of, a lot of African women are just made to be queens in their mind, and they are, but also to be a great wife. You know, and I feel like in our culture, it's also that, but it's like, I gotta get mines. Then you hear, men ain't shit, you know, in certain places. So it's like, black women are so beautiful and strong, and it's just, sometimes they just been through so much pain, you know, that, that it's, it's clouded. And you know, some of the judgment is clouded. And I feel like there's a different type of pain in Africa, but what's never second guessed is how you treat your man, you know, and how to be a, a woman in that way. And, I feel like it's getting better, you know, on both sides, for sure. Hey, I gotta ask. I knew. Okay. Oh, boy. All right, I got just that. Just, this, is, this is my realm. This is my realm, Ro. That's so dope. Like, do y'all, like, do y'all get... You call it Ro? <laughs> hey, they got, they got tight. Oh, we got, we got real tight. That's light. That's light skin shit. Like, we got we a nickname, yeah. yeah. <laughs> do do, do, do y'all, do y'all role play and stuff? You know what I'm saying? Like, but even the, like, I'm listening, bro. Yeah, yeah. The culture of it and all that, yeah. uh, you know what I'm saying? Making your man happy, you making your woman happy. What, you want him to come out like Prince Akeem? <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, did, I didn't know if, if it's a different culture of freakiness. Oh, yeah, we can I don't want no missionary, bro. Like, oh, nah. they would lay up on the bitch and, and, and breathe on all day, uh, uh, and sweat on the bitch's forehead. No, yeah, we yeah. gotta get nasty. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Is, is the culture different there? Oh, yeah, we get nasty, yeah. You got really? to. Absolutely, brother. What, what y'all do? Yeah, that's enough, bro, that's enough. <laughs> y'all role, role play? We've tried that, yeah, 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 yeah. His tail off too. I bet he coming. He can play anything. They oh, be monologues like Queen. I will bust that ass. <laughs> yes. They just, oh come on now. Hey. Oh, you killing me in the bedroom? You really trained. <laughs>
play as a cat. Wait, what? <laughs> oh my God. Honestly though, you always bring the cat up. Is that the only thing you play? No, we do a bunch. The cat's the funniest. Okay. Because like we'll do like this like an animal thing where I'm outside and the walk, like the rain's hitting me and I kind of walk up to the door and my wife opens it and she start purring. Like purring, like oh, yeah, we just God. do. But we do a bunch of stuff. <laughs> yeah. We do, you know what we just did was She-Hawk. I have no that idea. That She-Hawk the new show. Attorney at yeah, Law. Attorney so at it's law. like the masculine woman. <laughs> so y'all doing freaky stuff to Disney Plus. Oh my But but she's the masculine woman, so now she's in control. And I, I wanna be the submissive. <laughs> what do you want? You know that stick stuff in you too? Give me that. No, they don't stick nothing in me. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm it, no, it, all my, all my holes are exit only. Oh my god, I got a, I got a tattoo say exit only. <laughs> I'm sure none of this is gonna make the show. None of this is gonna make the show. But you it know, don't you, even matter, you got your man. girl now. You got your girl now. But you know, when you are becoming more visible, right, and you are starting to make those waves and shoot honestly like you became famous like I looked you up I was like I found out all the things about you once you became a star was it difficult dealing you know what I'm saying like with that fame and also thinking about dating thinking about finding a woman and obviously you was out here living bad because you left your chick in the hotel with a stomach ache and I was found respectful your wife. Though. I was respectful though. That was a setup. You gave the pet no business. The girl up. <laughs> he, he set her up, bro. You took her to Cafe Du Monde, y'all had some. <laughs> nah, for, 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 for understanding, man, like, before my relationship, you know, I had a lot of fun. And it was important to actually go through that, you know, and to, to, to experience it so I don't feel like I'm missing much, you know what I mean? And so, one of my big homies is like, dog, you're going to wild out. Wild out now, but just be safe. You know, be smart about how you're going to move. Don't do this and this. So I was, I was having fun, but again, I know people have motives, you know, so I was always paranoid, you know. So I never allowed myself, to, I never put myself in compromising situations, you know. And, and um, I, always, I always had quality people that wasn't about who, who I was and what it was, it was more about who I am, you know. And so I got blessed that way. But then with my, 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 my fiancé, man, like, it's been so so real and so dope because I've learned so much about who I am as a man. And yeah, you get tired, yeah, you argue, but you learn like, you know, it's not about how much you love somebody, it's like how well you argue, you know, that gives longevity in the relationship. So again, you just grow as a person every, every day and you figure out how to how to keep it going, keep it fun. I ain't dressing like a cat, but like we're gonna figure some other stuff out, you know what I'm saying? So you know, Chad has a saying that I think is like one of the dopest things he's ever told me. He said, you know, in order to be with someone, you have to love their crumbs. Love the crumbs. You know, and he kind of talks about that all the time. And, and it seems like that's what you're saying with your fiance. When you think about where you are now, right? You, you, you've accomplished a lot of things that people in music who love that, who love music never get to, but also people in theater or acting never get an opportunity to do. When you think about where you are right now, what are some of the goals you've set for yourself as you move forward? Honestly, I want to be known as one of the greatest talents to ever walk this earth. You know, I want to be where Jamie Foxx is, but better. You get what I'm saying? I want to be um, Sidney Poitier, but better. You know, and for me, like, continue to make great music. You know, um, in a day and age where if you get a gold plaque, right? So 
as a musician, you get a gold plaque. That means in, in America, that song has streamed 75 million times. Right, you've done that. Yeah. Twice, right? We've done that twice. Yeah. So for me, it's like, how do we get it to platinum, double platinum, you know? And so I always want to keep pushing myself as a musician, but also I want to challenge myself to get into Marvels. I want to challenge myself to do plays. I want to challenge myself to just give every ounce of my talent before I go, man. Like, I want to stand by God and say, bro, I use everything, you know, like nothing else. Like, I did all of this. And, and not even just that, but like and to, to inspire the next generation and be, and be like, oh, how we all look to Jamie, like, damn, bro, Timmy did that, you know? And so to be that, that, that figurehead, man, so, yeah. You just said stand by God, but it's funny your your name stands for God stands with me. Olu yeah. Rutimi. Yes, sir. Yeah. Um, in terms of in, in terms of music, um, do you think in order to pass that threshold to go from gold to platinum and above, do you think you have to go back home? Afro Beats, mm -hmm. your fellow uh, uh, countryman, yeah. Burner Boy, yeah. Hot. Yeah. Uh, any future collabs? Like, what is, what does it take to get to that next level? I think, you know, I've realized that to get to the next level, you just gotta be consistent, man. Like, you gotta make great music consistently because it's a trickle-down effect, right? If people love this song, they're gonna do their research to see the other stuff. Yeah. So everything consistently grows, which brings more revenue. But I feel like with Burner, you know, Burner did it the right way. Burner is one of the greatest. He's one of, the, he's, it's Fella, Burner, Wizkid, you know, they, they yeah. pioneered this. And for me, I think it's just, Accolades and all that's cool, but I feel like me being a bridge from America to Africa, because I'm, I'm legit African-American. Right. You know, for me to be the bridge for being the one here that's really from Nigeria, making music in the States and translating it to the world, I think that's my purpose. You know, right. so just, they from Nigeria and live in Nigeria and bringing it here. I'm from here bringing it to the world. So it's the bridge that we all going. And that's that language barrier because they got all us Americans saying Igbo and Shadow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know what you're saying, huh? Yeah, but everybody said, like you said about the Germans yeah. singing your song yeah, in, in English. Yeah, bro. So break that, can you break that down for the people? Yeah, you know, um, when it comes to Yoruba, right? So there's so many, diff there's so many different dialects in Nigeria. And there's so many languages, you know, and so the fact that Burner's now doing the reverse effect of what I'm doing sure. over there, it just, it just shows testament to how powerful Afrobeats is. Because you don't even know what's, going, what's being said, but you feel it. Right. The music, you feel the rhythm, you feel the beat, everything, and you feel, there's no, there's no coincidence why it hits us because it's, it's from the roots of us. It's from the roots, bro. Like that's what we that's soul. what we that's did. That's the soul. soul that's our soul music. For sure. You know what I mean? And so that's why it is what it is. Like we we watch it, you know, we follow you on the socials. And you love to take your goddamn shirt off. And you love to grind your little motherfucking hips and all that stuff. Like, yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying? You do it. Do, do, do people really be throwing bras and draws and stuff on the stage? Cause you it, bro, international, you had a world tour. They be throwing bras and draws on the yeah, stage. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it happens all the time. Yeah. What do you, like? What do you do? Do you do you thumbs up them? Do you peace? I, I take it, you know what I'm saying, and you know I, I thumbs up them. Like, thank you very much, you know what I mean. Yeah. But there was one time in New York, it was so weird, bro. So I had a show in the city, and my girl was in the front row, and so I'm performing, I'm performing, and then all of a sudden I just see panty. I don't know what it was, but I catch it like this, and I'm smiling, and I look at her, and she's like, <laughs> I'm like. 
I put it back in my cup. I, I, I put the mic down. I said, you know what I mean? You, you ain't smell it? Nah, I can't do that, bro. I can't do that. I'm sorry. I'm nasty. <laughs> so you would, if you caught random draws, you just gonna smell on it. On stage. On you I gonna sniff it? Put it on, I wouldn't touch my face, but there's a sniff. Why? Why? I don't know. <laughs> you can't it's explain it's, it? It's in my DNA. 10, that's I, what it is. Just but to see what's going on. said consistency is the key to everything. Yeah. And y'all light skin boy, you should teach him something because you work out and you flash a six pack. Sir. This boy right here got a gallon. <laughs> he ain't worked out since he retired. Bro, you had liposuction or something. <laughs> <laughs> I love, I tell a man real quick, they look good, bro. You put together. Thank you, you work your ass off, man. Thank you, bro. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, it's, it's, for me, it's more mental, bro. Like, that's my brother, but my trainer's here too. Uh, shout out to B Lane, man. You know, like, it's, it's, it's therapy for me, you know? Like, I get so much pressure with having two careers. Like, what I'm doing is a basically someone being a lawyer and a doctor at the same time. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, you don't find that, and, and being good at both. So, like, that pressure, you need a, an escape. And so, for me, it's just taking that time. I don't, I don't work out to music. I just think, you know, I, I don't, I don't always well, we just talk, you know? So, like, for me, it's therapy and just feeling good about self, man. Like, so that's what I use it for, for sure. In mentioning therapy and, and feeling, feeling good about self, once you do get to a certain level of achievement, there becomes that next, that, that next push to get back there. Yes. Right? It, it, to, to get to do something else that gets you to the height of Dre, to do something else that gets you back to meeting. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, okay, I, I've been there one time, I want to see it again. When you look at adjusting and, you know, actually performing, under that pressure, how does that weigh on you mentally? You know, because we, we talk to a lot of athletes about, okay, the, the pressure on you to show up, the pressure on you to perform, to produce, gets so heavy, sometimes it weighs on you mentally. And we've had athletes tell us about that. Is there any similarity to that in what you're doing in entertainment? Absolutely, you know what I mean? That's why a lot of my friends are athletes because it is the same thing. It is waking up early, making sure your body right, making sure you're studying your script, making sure you're on set, making sure you look good, making sure you feel good. You know, it's, it's a competitive sport. Like, music is competitive. Acting is competitive. So it's all the same. But for me, it's about, again, like working out or, or praying or, or turning my phone on and being with my son and my, and my fiance. But everything about the world, man, I tune it out. You know, I, I don't allow the outside pressures really to get to me. I put it on myself, but at the same time, I just believe in stillness, you know, and I've gotten so much better with stillness. Like, just, just letting it go, you can't control that, bro. You can't control how people feel, you can't, but you can control how you work, you can control how, how, how good your body is, you can control what you eat, you can control how well you study your lines, you can control how well you sing in the studio, you can control how your show look. So I focused on, on those things. And, and you see, you, uh, you talk about how competitive yeah. acting is too. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? We all athletes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the athletic side, like, you've heard the stories about dudes that young guys come in and they try to give them, give them, tell them the wrong plays yeah. so they can keep their job. Yeah. So how competitive is acting? Because I know, oh, Omari, that's, that's our dude. That's yeah. the big bro. Yeah. Like, yeah, we, we talked to Omari this week. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Omari's the big bro and I know yeah. you talk with him. Yeah. But your relationship with Omari and also how competitive is <sighs> acting? Like, Will, will people undercut you? Will people? What? 
Yes. <laughs> flat, flat out fuck you over. Absolutely. Because it's only so many jobs. Absolutely. And so for me, right, I was blessed with having O as my big brother early. You know, again, for someone who hasn't really taken acting classes and someone like him who studied for 20 years, he was like this at first. He was like, nah, you got to earn my respect, bro. Like, we, I know you nice, but you got to earn this. And if you want to learn, you got you to gotta follow what I do. And for me, it's like, damn. I gotta earn your respect. Like, I gotta follow you. And it, it took me a second to be like, damn, that is number one on the team. That is the number one on the call sheet. He is here for a reason. Humble your ass, you know what I mean? And so I said, hey, bro, um, can we go to the movies and can you just dissect what you see? And when I did that, it changed the relationship because he was used to a lot of people. One, he's an intimidating actor. Like, he's one of the greatest to ever do this. You know what I'm saying? He's intimidating. So when you seen the scene with him, you got to bring your A game. You get what I'm saying? So having that pressure, a lot of people fold. A lot of people, like, give him back that standoffish energy. For me, I was like, whoa, whoa, why would I do that to myself? Let me learn from this guy. And so we went to a Johnny Depp movie in 2015. I think it was when he was, like, the, um, the federal agent playing double size. And he broke down for two and a half hours. Look what he did here. Look what he did. Do, 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 do. And I, I learned so much. And so he was like, I did that because I feel like you're going to be here for a while. And I need you to be on the same level in the team. And when we in scene together, there can't be no drop off. Right. And so it was like, I got you. So then it became, I'm going to kill you today. I'm going I'm to beat your ass today. Right. But it was love. You know what I'm saying? And it was just like unsaid, but it was that. And we all had to bring our A game. Yeah. That kind of brings me back to Heat. Yeah. If you remember Heat, De Niro and Pacino, yeah. and they have like that epic scene where it's, it's a standoff, and literally all anybody is thinking is who's outacting who. Yes. Right. It, 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 it begins to get away from the plot. Whatever ever days on set, you know, I mean, it's it's a ton of y'all, right? And it's so, such a talented group of individuals where you step on set, then you walk out like, yeah, I killed all they ass today. Like today was it. I feel like Amari was the only one I didn't feel that way about. You know what I'm saying? Like, but again, it's like a, being an athlete. You feel like, yo, you, you are the best. You have to, because it's only a few people that, that, that really can be at this level. Like Joe, Joe Shakura, another one who plays Tommy. Yeah. Incredible, you know, but like, he's also a dog. He's a competitive. If you're not doing it, he'll bring it, he'll make you feel that you gotta bring it up. And so for me, like, I could have been in my head feeling myself, but I always felt like I did what I had to do. And you have to do that. Because my character, bro, a lot of people don't know, my character wasn't supposed to make it past season three. Like, I was supposed to be Dre season two, get killed and thrown into a garbage season three. And so I was like, nah, that's not going to happen to me. You know, I got to figure out. I didn't have that many lines, but I'm going to kill you with my eyes. So you can act your way into more time. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, I was just gonna ask you, put yourself in a producer's chair. Yeah. Like, how does it end for Dre if you were in that chair? Instead of how, how it did? Yeah. Ooh. I, I mean, because along with what they're saying about eyes, because yeah. in, in, in the NFL, right. the coaches tell you, um, you might not make the roster, right. but I got one spot. Yeah. for a special teams guy. Right. You got to bust your ass. You got to have that intensity, yeah. that look about you, and you got to show up every fucking day. Absolutely. And you're just mentioning the look, my eyes, yeah. Yeah. and making sure I get to the next yeah. opportunity. Absolutely. So along with that, if you were the producer, mm -hmm. 
how does it play out for Drake? Honestly, you know, honestly, it's not cliche. I feel like it went out perfect mm -hmm. because the death itself was memorable. Like, dang, you gonna fight? Like, right. I, do you, I don't know how you top that. You get what I'm saying? So I think on that record, on that accord, it was fire. But hell yeah, bro! Like, it's it's like working on a rookie contract or like a ten day contract. Really? What, bro? Let me. So with power, the show boss that I was on. I was making, I took the job to be on Power. I was making less money on first season of Power than I made on my season on the show I went on before. It was just me believing in like this could be something crazy. So I took less money knowing that, shit, it might be a year I'll be here, but I'll be back. But I was like, no, 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 I love this. I got to work myself to stay. And 50 came to me, I think it was season five. He was, and he told me, he was like, you know that your character is about to die but you just killed it, you know? And so I made everything memorable. It's like on special teams, again, making that extra tackle or block or whatever it could be, I was always killing it with silence. Like, dang, Dre's really mysterious. And it just, you know, played itself into more. That's what they say about Freddie T, Dre. That's what they say about <laughs> Freddie T when they watch the show, that Freddie T mysterious. He has, he has so much wisdom. <laughs> I got to deal with that. <laughs> he got so much <laughs> wisdom. Officer, Officer Butch McDaniels. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, right? Wow. Right, Black Nativity, yes, 2013. That was a more star-studded cast than you had in power. Yeah. Were there ever, ever any... Uh, Moments of intimidation Absolutely. because you were with Mary J, yeah. Forrest Whitaker, yeah. Stella, mm -hmm. um, shit, Nas, mm -hmm. a ton of them. Yeah, uh, Jennifer Hudson, right? Yeah, Jennifer yeah. Hudson. It was intimidating, but I had to learn like who I was at that point. This is 2013, my first big movie, and I had a scene with Forrest Whitaker, and he's a monster. Like, like seeing it live is a different type of animal. So. I had three lines in it, but like, I'm, sh I'm shaking, you know, like, dang, like, is he gonna like what I'm doing? Am I doing it right? And then I just said, dog, you, you got this job because you belong here. Mm -hmm. Like, they chose you for this part. Like, man, fuck up, you know? And ever since that moment, there was no fear in my heart ever again, you know? So it, that, that, for two things, was amazing for me. It was one, because I was able to see where I was against all these people. And then two, the relationship I had with Tyrese, where he's another one that did both. And just the wisdom from him, you know, taught me a lot too. Yeah. I love Ford. Last King of Scotland. Yeah. I even like Panic Room. Yep, yep. Shit. That was hard. All he, all he did was, was stand in the backyard all yeah, the yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But but like that, like you just talking about these dudes that you know and like these names that we're bringing up. Football-wise, like even Freddie and RC, like we'll talk sometimes. And I'd be like, Freddie, you was a hell of a dude. Yeah, yeah. I sent RC a video of him knocking out Wes Welker the other day, and I was like, bruh, you caught that motherfucker. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, as acting, because earlier you were talking about, like, when you're in a scene with a dude and you're trying to kill O. Mm -hmm. You were like, listen, we got this scene. You're going to kill O on this scene. They're going to kill you. Yeah. After the scene's over, like, do you be like, do you give dudes love? Because oh, after the yeah. game, we're good, like, bro, yeah. you ball. Yeah. Do y'all give dudes love after the scene? You be like, bro, oh, you killed that. Absolutely, man. absolutely. And, and, and it's dope, man, because Amari, Amari set the tone because him playing football at Georgia, like, he made it like a team. Like, he was a great number one for that regard, where he made it feel like we're all doing this together, but I'm going to give my all. You better catch up. So afterwards, it'll be like, 
damn, you killed that, bro. Wow, man. When you did that, boo, 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 boo. how'd you do that, bro? And it, and it was all of that, always. Always. Or it'd be like, nah, you going through something? Are you okay, bro? What's going on? Like, <laughs> and y'all know, y'all know, y'all know. Today. Like I said, y'all know when they say cut. Y'all know if it was, if you killed it, he didn't. Like, y'all know as soon as they say cut. Yeah, because there's a look, they're like, ooh, that's, that's one. You know what I mean? It's all of that. You know what I'm saying? And so, again, I was blessed because the whole cast was a cast of underdogs. Like, Joe Shakur, yeah. Tommy. Yeah. Been working for 20 years. Naturi, 3LW, you know, she was right. working, but she, uh, underrated actress, you know. Leela, underrated actress. The top five were underrated. So you're walking into a situation where you're trying to prove yourself with, and we willed ourselves to stardom. We right. willed it, you know what I'm saying? Like, so when you have that type of bond with people, it's, 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 it's love and, and, and honesty all the, all, the, all the time. Yeah, I remember talking about it because when you guys and Power got really famous, Empire was out, yeah, yeah. right? And I used to always make the, the, the distinction. I was like, I don't know any of these people mm -hmm. on Power. I was mm -hmm. like, but I show up every single week where it's just like, nah, like, you know, like, I know those people. And so I'll go check them out to see what they're doing. And so what you guys were able to create was just, just it was truly a different beast. You said you took the job making less because you thought it could be something bigger. Yes. When you are creating something bigger, you mentioned the team type of model that, that O said. When you're starting to create something bigger, like do you actually feel it, right? Like when we play ball, like I remember playing in games and being like, man, I played well, like I, I, I killed it. And then I go watch the film and be like, ah. I was all right, you know what I'm saying? And then like there's some games I was like, dang, I, I should have made more plays. And then I go watch the film and I'm like, oh. I did that. I was out there cutting up. Yeah. Is there like, you know, and I know like you film shows, it may not necessarily be in order. You're doing like different scenes. And so you don't really know what it is. Were you ever just like sitting in your, in your crib, man, you know, they said, it's a big rich, you know what I mean? And you, and you start watching and you was like, oh, damn. Yeah. Like we, we really on a different level from other shows. So yeah, so two things, right? So it's different because you, you got one chance to make a play, right? So you either hit, did or didn't. Us, we'll do the take a million times. And they, they, you'll be like, damn, they chose that one? I did it much better than okay. this one. Okay. You get what I'm saying? So, but when they get it right, it's like, yes, we did that. The coolest thing about being on power or just being a part of something legendary is that every day you step on, you know you're creating history. So you know whatever comes out of my mouth right now is documented and is going to affect the people for a very long time. So that pressure adds to just the, the, the understanding of what the moment is, who you are. So you always going to bring your A game. Always. And bro, I got to ask you. What's up, brother? I don't want to take too much of your time. I had to get to it before we wrap up. What's up? Let's talk to you, brother. Let's talk to I love, bro. I love, bro. I love you, bro. Like, I'm a fan. Yeah, I love you. But I would love to talk the sexy Nigerian brother. Ah, brother, hey. <laughs> hey, hey. Put, put the camera on me. <laughs> is this, is, hey, I'll see, is this me? This is your camera. Ladies, ladies, and more ladies. It's Mr. Sexy Nigerian Butterscotch coming to you live. Somewhere exclusive for your ass. Eh? Do you understand what's going on? Hey. Mr. Butterscotch? Hey, brother, what's up? What's up? What's up? I got a couple questions for you. <laughs> hey, talk to me. I got a couple questions for talk you. Talk to me. Mr. Butterscotch. Yes, brother. Being light-skinned. Yes. And beautiful. Hey, brother. Like, did you did like did you get bullied? Ah no. Who's going to fuck with butterscotch? <laughs> eh? 
Who is out their mind going to do that to me, baby? They're yeah. gonna try you. No, they can't try what they. It's, they can't try God. <laughs> Can they try God? Yeah. yeah. What happens? Do they fail? Okay. You said nobody was trying you, Mr. Butterscotch. Yeah. How would the ladies treat you, though? Ah, they treat me like queen, baby, yes. Is the camera here? It's called the butterscotch effect. Say it with me. Butterscotch effect. Uh-huh. When you do the butterscotch effect, they don't go anywhere. Yeah? I have 25 headaches right now. You understand? <laughs> you understand what's going on? Yeah, it's OK. It's OK. Bro, your, your skin is immaculate, Mr. Butterscotch. Thank you, brother. Hey, hey, no, no, nothing. What is that? Is that? What is that? It's called butterscotch effect. Are you listening to me now? I wouldn't listen. I'm sorry. It's OK, but no, no, no. <laughs> Seriously, Favor is my new skincare line. From uh, made from the dead minerals from the Dead Sea. I had to go to Israel and really just get the product, man, because I was I was there was a time where I was starting to break out, and it was during pandemic time and nothing manufactured was working, so I was like I gotta go to the source, man. So a lot of people go to the Dead Sea to heal a lot of skin diseases like psoriasis and all these things. So I was like if I'm gonna have to, if I'm gonna use something, let it be my own, and it's 90% um, all all natural and it's really really good and healing for the skin. But back to butterscotch, baby. Listen. <laughs> the pivot is blessed to have Mr. Butterscotch today, a.k.a. Rotini, a.k.a. sexy Nigerian butterscotch, baby. Yo, tune in. Happy Dad. Hey, is the best brand to explain who I am because I'm Happy Daddy. Hey, you understand? <laughs> hit it with the wing. Hey, you hit it with you the wing. You have to zoom in. And zoom in with the wing, baby. Yeah, man. That's a show. <laughs> That's a show. Big dog. My dog. I'm glad you bought Butterscotch out. Hold on, bro, man. No, big fan, bro. But that's funny as hell every time you do it. Yeah, man. That show be so funny. Hold up. Limitless. Take a stomach cap, pinning it. I father here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, got me up. On a mission, got me up. Knowing me, I got the key. Only vision I can trust, trust, limitless. Niggas send me cap in it. I father here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, got me up.